when Tony Gladys and Nathaniel P. Myrna accidentally rob a pharmacy while picking up their cholesterol meds. Who brings the toy gun to a CVS? I was trying to buy it for my violent grandchild. Can I help it if the clerks don't recognize their own merchandise? Yeah, but why'd you have to tell her, say hello to my little friend? Because I was exposing my penis. Two elderly friends find themselves on the lamb and out of options. I'm telling you, we need a foolproof disguise. And access to government cheese. Wait a minute. Look at this. Help one. Two elderly lunch ladies. Look, I love banging cafeteria workers as much as the next guy, but we need to focus on the situation at hand and stop putting ads in the paper. No, 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 no. We ain't placing the ad. We're answering it. What? Now these two best friends, you gonna finish your soup? That ain't soup. Are becoming breast friends. I'm Edna Rosenblatt. And I'm Myrna P. Myrna. And they're serving sloppy joes dressed as a couple of sloppy janes. You want fries with that sugar plum? But when a young boy needs a friend, I ate my lunch, but my stomach is yelling at me again for more. The catch of the day is compassion. Look, we've been talking about it, and uh, are you mentally challenged, or uh, what? Uh, Edna, maybe we ought to take this special little fella under our wing. What the hell for? We might need a human shield. Jack Nicholson. Al Pacino. In a Geppetto joint. Every day is pizza day on the lunch line. Square your tits and tuck them back. June 23rd. Just eat it. Just eat it. Just eat it. Oh, good stuff. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Read it R. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, so is Demi Moore. Five, six, Cryer takes bad picks. Seven, eight, lots of films we hate. Nine, ten, Burns has got again. Eleven, twelve, buddy's burning in hell. Then it's 13, 14, 15. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to episode. 24 oh. of opening weekend. I am Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear, dear friends, Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And this week, we travel back in time to November 9th, 1984. Uh, the films that week were No Small Affair, starring John Cryer and Demi Moore. Oh God, You Devil, starring George Burns and George Burns, and the uh, cinematic classic, dare I say, A Nightmare on Elm Street. We know at least one person uh, of the three of us likes this movie because Fred had it high, high, high on his uh, top 10 Halloween movie list just a couple weeks back, and we're going to be talking about that. But I know Dan has issues with some of the... Uh, so the acting in the film, if you can call it that. So uh, we are going to talk about all three of those films. But first, boys, where were we all in November of 1984? Middle school? Does that sound right? Was I in middle school? Yeah, I was. I was. I was, was, I was in seventh. 
No, grade. I was in seventh. You must have been in eighth grade. Oh, Jason. oh yeah, fall of '84. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So you were oh. probably in sixth grade, Dan. <gasps> so does that now? Where I went to school, that was still elementary school. Now that's considered middle school, and like where, where how my kids do it. So what was it? What was it like in Jersey? Um, it was still elementary for me. So yeah. this would have been okay. So that makes sense. This would have been sixth grade then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't lie. The beginning of sixth grade. So this is the beginning of seventh for you, Fred. Yep. All great. right. So, yeah. So la- so the last year of grade school, the last year of innocence, Miss, <laughs> Mrs. Fisher, <laughs> Mrs. Fisher was my, was my, uh, was my teacher. And she was, uh, she was kind of one of these ones who was like the hard ass of the school, but underneath was a real softy. And so heart of gold. Could, she really did have a heart of gold, but very few students saw it. I saw it only because she liked me. That was the only reason I saw it. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, so, okay. So sixth grade, gosh, the, the, the main, uh, the main prevailing, uh, memory I have is like, uh, God, I wish I could stay here forever. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to mm. go to middle school. I don't want to go to whatever's next. Cause it's the last year of your, you know, you, I went to kindergarten in this school, Kennedy park yeah. school, number 24 yeah. is in New Jersey. And it was down the street from my house. I could walk to it. And there was mm-hmm. this cool path that you walked through the, through the park, you know, to get to the school. And there was little, little baseball fields and jungle gym. And so it was like the picture and, and it's where we played football every weekend on the weekends in, in the, in this park and played manhunt and all these things. And my friend Chris lived across the street from it. So it was like, boy, this is the last, last gasp of my innocence before mm-hmm. going to the bigger school with, like I've said in the previous podcast, with all of these strangers who I didn't know. I was experiencing all of those strangers in seventh grade. I was very similar because I lived down the street from my elementary school, Munsey Park. Yeah, the same thing. I would walk there. That was yeah. the field, a huge field we would go to. We'd play football there all the time. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, very, I, I had a friend across the street named Chris too, who's now a raging racist. So, but we're not friends anymore, <laughs> but uh, good times. Yeah. The things you find out on social media, folks. Hey, <laughs> but that's so funny. We both would walk to school. We both walked through a park and we both had friends named Chris who lived across the street from it. It's like we had the same childhood. That's weird. That's what it was. Except did you guys live next door to each other? Maybe that's we did. <gasps> Somehow you never Two elementary that. school kids go to the same school without driving each other crazy. <laughs> Lunch line too. We've both been divorced by that time. Yeah. Oh. I'm more the I yeah, you're right. You're the Felix. I was gonna say, Am I the Felix to your Oscar? No, but I'm I don't know. I think oh, we probably it would be I mean, we we'd probably flip it every every day. It would be like a you know doing like a like Ridiculous. John C. Riley and Philip Seymour Hoffman and True West every night. They would flip the roles. We would do that. I think in we real would life. We do that for our, for our yeah. couple. Yeah, for, but the odd couple in real life, not just right. on stage. The seventh grade was was that was a rough year because you're right, Dan. It is. It's a huge transition, and Major. suddenly we had. Now it doesn't sound like because you had several schools that came together we had oh, yeah. two we we only had two we had my school oh, wow. elementary Muzzy park and shelter rock and they both came together um, and it, it was um yeah it's 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 intimidating it's hard to go into this other school and suddenly you know the people that you were friends with for the last six years or so you know they start to drift away and there's new people coming into your life and it, it was very you know god i remember having such anxiety about the lockers. And to this day, I still have yes. 
locker anxiety dreams. But oh my god, you know, like, like not, not being knowing, able to open it and get your not stuff. being able to open, not being able to get my combination, mm-hmm. not knowing where my locker was. I always remember <laughs> talking to uh, my the, the famous babysitter who I've mentioned many times in this podcast, Kristen Schleifer. Schleifer. You, you got it, yes, Kristen Schleifer, <laughs> and asking her. And I was very serious. I was like, hey, when I when we go to seventh grade, do I wear my backpack on both shoulders or one shoulder? Because <laughs> it felt like a very little kid thing to do to carry yeah. it on both shoulders. And she was like, yeah, most kids only do it on the one shoulder. Like you sling it over your one shoulder. Right. Which now I'm like, that's crazy. You're going to pull your back out. No. That's how I got scoliosis. scoliosis. So, but I remember that was like a big concern. There was a lot of, I feel like any anxiety that I, I had all sort of manifested itself in seventh grade. And I remember, and this just, this, I hadn't thought about this in, in decades and it popped up as I was thinking about the year. We did this thing. I don't know if you guys did this where you would go to this camp. And I think the camp that we went to where they would take all the kids and you'd do sleepaway camp for like two or three nights. So like you could, you know, for like team building and get to know each oh. other. And we went to a camp, I think it was called Camp Greenleaf. I think that's mm. what it was. And it was fucking traumatizing to me. <laughs> like I hated it. First of all, I'd never been to a sleepaway camp. I didn't, you know, I wasn't, now I love camping. I go camping with my kids all the time. Mm. Back then my family didn't do that. So it was very new to me. <laughs> and I was just, I was with all these new kids. I didn't know them. I remember there was this one kid, his name was Peter Keogh. He was, he might be a nice guy now, I'm sure he is, but he, I just remember him being really mean to me. And like, I'm sure there was also this sort of, you know, this anxiety neurosis. Like he seemed like a very well-adjusted, cool kid. And I'm like, why, why is everyone laughing at him? Why is everyone laughing at, you know, they're, they're laughing at me, but in a different way, they're laughing at him because he's funny, but at me, they're laughing. And I just remember him sort of being a dick to me and that affected me. And like, you know, you do like, you do, um... Uh, the tug of wars and oh, well, trust exercises. And then like God. I peed in my bunk bed when we were there. Oh, oh Fred. Fred. Yeah. And I covered it. Like, I don't think anyone knew. And like one of the counselors yelled at me because I didn't knew. know how to. Eventually. <laughs> Somebody was like, God damn it. Yeah, the person in the bottom bunk. No, I was on the bottom bunk. So oh, it, was the, it was the kid who was sleeping on the floor underneath me. <laughs> who added worse now, wait a than I did. Would this be how you, you, you would start the school year this way? By taking a casting trip with like all these strangers? This, my I, feel like, I feel like it was around this time. I feel like we went. Oh, my God. Yeah, maybe. It, it must have been in October. November, you know, because it's getting cold around now. So I'm assuming yeah. it was around this time. And it was in the beginning of the school year. Because I just remember not knowing anyone. And, yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of shit that I don't want to get into. I mean, I, that's, this is what I pay a therapist for. But, get you know, there were a few things. Get what? into it here. Get into it here. <laughs> What better place than the opening weekend podcast? Share with your friends. No, you don't have to do that. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. (laughs) It's a little bit your fault. It's slightly your fault. It's It's, it's mostly your fault. 47% your fault. (laughs) When the bear touched you, where did he touch you? And where did he bite you? Oh, God. And I got yelled at by a counselor because I didn't know how to sweep. I didn't know how to use a broom properly, he thought. I remember I did. We, we all had, we all had jobs. We had to this day. Whenever I sweep, I'm like I'm paranoid. I feel like I'm not doing a good job because we we all had little jobs and I just sweep up the kitchen. And I remember him being like, "That's not how you sweep. That's not how you." And he like grabbed the broom out of my hand and showed me how to properly sweep. You should have thrown it at him. 
You're how six. You, how, how the hell do you, you know how to wrong? sweep at this well, age? Six is wrong. I, was, I wasn't six. I was 12. <laughs> oh, well, then you should have known. I, I really should have. But uh, believe me, I thought about that too. I'm like, yeah, why don't I know how to use a broom properly? <laughs> I don't how could you not use it? Pro- I can't even imagine how you would do it wrong. Did you have it? Uh, was it upside down? Were you holding the bristles in your hands? How does a person use a broom wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, to this guy, I was using it wrong. Yeah, yeah. It was oh just being god, a dick. shit. The more I think about it, the more like traumatic experiences are popping in my head. So I'm just gonna stop talking because <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna get bad. Seventh grade was not fun. No, what were you doing? Tell me, you were you were a happy kid, Jason. You had happy I times. Was and I mean, yeah, but but junior high was that was rough on everybody. I really liked. I loved high school and I loved most of uh, elementary school, but yeah, middle school was, was a little tricky. Um, this was what I remember because it was November of 84. So it was, I remember the, the it was the reelection of Reagan. And I remember very distinctly, um, we had like a mock election in school, you know, like all the kids would vote for who they, oh, yeah. wanted, you know, yeah, and then they would that. say like, what are the total, you know, who won? And much, much like the nation in general, it was a blowout for for Reagan. And I, I was the one kid who voted for Mondale in my ah, class. So it was, it was just the like beef? the country. It was like the United, you know, the, the U.S. Every, I think, I think, literally, Mondale only took District of Columbia. Reagan took everything, and it was like that in my school too. Everybody was like, Mondale, what the fuck is wrong with that? I was like, <laughs> I was like Mondale, the Democrat. I, my, my family votes Democrat. I like the Democrat. Um, and that was it. And John was, Anderson was wasn't part of it. No one voted for John Anderson, or was that the previous mm, election? No, that was that. John Anderson was, did he actually he was somebody. run or was he in the primaries? John Anderson, I, I remember that name as being uh, uh, yeah. in the mix. What was that? Was he, was he a third party? I did he run as a I feel like he was in the mix in either 84 or 80, which would have meant it would have been Reagan, Mondale, Anderson, or it would have been four years prior, Reagan, Carter, Anderson. I just why didn't John Davidson run? I would have voted for him. <laughs> and Sarah Purcell. Why did yeah, she not run? Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been incredible. Yes. There you go. You got it. It took Good you a second. Job. I know. I love Sarah Purcell and uh, Byron Allen. Um, that's right. And Skip. Oh, wait a other, minute. Right? They were real people. people. I'm going real, real people. people. Not real that's people. incredible. Wait, Who's wasn't John Davidson that's incredible? No, no you're Kathy right. Crosby. Kathy Lee Crosby. Kathy Lee Crosby. Sarah Purcell was on Real People. With Byron Allen. What about Fran Tarkenton? Was he on something? Besides Oh my god! I have no idea if um, Fran Tarkenton was on drugs, but he probably was. Um, uh, I loved. Uh, who did you just say? Who was? That's incredible. What's her name? Not Sarah John Davis. Sa- Sa- no, 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 no. That's incredible. That's incredible. Oh, that's incredible. I'm so sorry. I'm, who, I'm stuck on real people. Kathy Lee Crosby. Kathy right? Lee, mm-hmm. goddamn mm-hmm. Crosby. Now that that was a lovely woman. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> we'll and we'll be back. <laughs> All right. Let's see. No, I might. I might. John, Dan had crushes on. Okay, I think the 80s. Mondale, let's see. No, he took, um, yes, he took his home state of Minnesota and oh. District of Columbia and Reagan won everything else. Holy bejazmus. Wow. I had no, no recollection of that. And I tore a page out of a National Enquirer <laughs> because it had a sexy picture of Victoria Principal now, wait a minute. In it. And that was in the path mark in Huntington, New York. And, <gasps> and they caught me tearing the page out. I got caught and they Jason. they were like watching and they 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 said, come with me, son. And like I had to go into like this room with like a cop and something. They were like, You're never allowed in this store again. Like, we're, we're paging your 
who are you here with? Was my oh, you must have been shitting a brick. Oh yeah, they were like you're like you're ne- they were like you're never allowed to come into this path market again. I didn't even ste- I didn't even like take a thing like a, an entire you know magazine or something. I mean, I ruined the magazine. You it's like what I did. It. To, yeah, I defaced it. I, I what would James Karen have thought of you, the Pathmark man? He yeah, would have been so I don't upset. Know. I don't know. He, he wouldn't. Have, <laughs> he would have frowned upon it. But I remember being like really. I mean, I was. It was lust. I was driven Did by you lust, you know, looking for any, you know, you go through the TV guide and you're like, oh, who's, who's sexy here? You pull that page out. It's like, whoa, what's on it Tuesday at eight? I can't figure it out. Why is there a page missing from the TV guide? It's because why Jason, why did Jason tear it. out the page with Manimal on it? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what show was Victoria Principal on? It was Charlie's Angels. Oh, she, no, was, she was on Dallas. Dallas. She was oh. Pam Ewing, Pamela Ewing. Oh, oh, good God, God Victoria Principal! Oh, how I how I adored her. Now, when they when they <laughs> when they pulled you into the back room, was yeah, it did they call your like, mother? Yeah, what they, happened? They, they, they paged my. They must have said, <gasps> you know, whoever belongs with Jason O'Connell, you know. So, like, my grandmother had to come to the back, and they were like, "Oh, he took this page out of this thing," and blah blah oh, blah, and he my can't, you know. God, what did your grandmother so, do? What'd she say? She just, you know, I don't, that, I'll tell you that God's honest truth. I kind of blocked it out. I don't remember. She, of course you did. She wasn't like, you know, I didn't get punished or anything like that. She was just like, don't do smack that. you. You know, no, no, she didn't. You were such I, a pervert to Jason. That's my opinion. She thought it was right. that big a <laughs> hey, deal, what's honestly. What's the matter? You you such a pervert. You know, the edict did not stand. I mean, I went to, I was like. <laughs> I was like, you I'm were not allowed, allowed to in? go into this. Tour. I just walked in the next day. I mean, it, it didn't They don't fucking know. They don't care. They're just trying to scare you from like stealing. It something. wasn't enough for them to just scare you in the back room and saying, you can't come in here. We're going to tell your grandma. They had to actually page your grandma. Yeah, How dare they? How dare Pathmark? I'll never shop there again. I don't think that <laughs> the supermarket so. detective didn't pull you back and say, "Listen, son, this is no small affair." That's exactly what they said. <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> And, and did they ask about your sexy Eiffel Towers? They, 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 uh, there were all all sorts of punishments, but none as great <laughs> as no small affair. Wow. Well, maybe you liked it. We're going to find out. No small affair. She thought she had seen it all. Can I level with you? No, continue lying. Until she saw what she could be in the eyes of a 16-year-old boy. Possibly one of the biggest stars this country has today. All he wanted was her picture. I, I never kissed anybody like that before. What he got was no small affair. This is so great. Rated R. Charles Cummings, see what he did there? Played by John Cryer. <laughs> Sorry. Charles Cummings, played by John Cryer, is a 16-year-old high school student and an aspiring photographer. One day, he happens across 22-year-old Laura, played by Demi Moore, a singer at a local nightclub, and becomes enraptured with her. While she shoots down his romantic advances, she allows him to photograph her. Photograph her? She allows him to photograph her. (laughs) Take pictures of her. That's a word I can say. (laughs) Charlie uses the photos to launch a publicity campaign for the singer without her consent. His idea gets her career off the ground, but what will it do for his romantic aspirations? No Small Affair earned $2.27 million on its opening weekend and just under $5 million total worldwide. So this thing petered out right quick. Fred and Dan, what did you think of No 
small affair. I really wanted to like it. I really did. Me I went too. in. I really, I really, really wanted to, and I really, really didn't. <laughs> it it had its I, moments, I mean, I re- right? Where you're like, you're like, oh, this could yeah. be all right. This could be something. Yeah. I remember when it came out, and I was almost, I was intimidated of it because intimidated mm. by it because I thought it was like this. I thought it was going to be like this very adult sex comedy. Mm-hmm. Like I was sort of putting it on the same oh. level as that movie Class yeah. with Andrew McCarthy and Rob oh, yeah. Lowe or like something where like this young kid like has sex with an older woman. And, and yes. you know, and at, at this point in my life, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can watch that. <gasps> my I'm tutor, thinking, remember my tutor? Yeah. My tutor, yeah. Like You're my tutor. Yeah. I never <laughs> saw any of those movies. Everything you no. want me to learn. I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget the theme song of my tutor. Uh, speaking of theme songs, let me just jump ahead <laughs> that I, I have to, because it might've been the best part of this. No, it really wasn't. The music in this no, is, is absolutely off. awful. But there is a song by our favorite band, 707, who you may remember <laughs> sang a little song called... They do. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Oh. It was called, uh, I don't know, but I just remember looking at, you know why? Because there was that song called Sexy Eiffel Towers or something that played so through insane. the entire movie. What a it's, weird, it, what does that mean? So weird. I feel sexy. It's awful, and but I what could. What doesn't I, it mean? I actually watched the credits to see. I'm like, it can't. The song can't be called "Sexy Eiffel oh, yeah. Towers," and I'm pretty. It, and it was, but as it was scrolling, I noticed I was like, seven oh seven. Wait a minute. Yeah, they're the geniuses behind Megaforce. <laughs> Which anyway, song did they do on the soundtrack? I'm dying to know. I don't know. Another shitty bad eighty <laughs> song that was thrown in there. There are a lot of them. Yeah, there are a lot. Well, but the music. Am I crazy? Am I am I conflating this movie with? One of the other movies we watched this week <laughs> was the music by Rupert Holmes. Yes. Okay. And he's famous for, if you like being your collage. Exactly. That's yeah. him, right? Yeah. He wrote He wrote the main theme song. I think it's called No Small Affair. Yeah, there is but a yes, song. Yes, he wrote a bunch of the songs. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. They weren't great. Because yeah, he's it's... successful. How was the music this bad? He's like a successful guy. Well, right? there's the Pina Colada song. That's it. You know, no, that's all he has. One hit wonder. His only claim one hit wonder. And I mean, really, how good is that song? I mean, my kids love it. It's fun. It's fine. But you know, it's it's a Pina Colada song. It's about two awful people. Exactly. Yeah. Who and were like, come together. Let's go cheat. Um, yeah. They're horrible human beings. No, you're right. No small, no small affair. Yeah. It was uh, great I, cast. Right. Amazing cast. Really good cast. Tambor. 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 Who I liked in Tambor is great. Much. Tim, Tim Robbins. Yeah. Tim, Tim, Robbins Tim Robbins. Jennifer Tilly. In a headband. Peter, Peter Frechette. Yeah. George Went. Yeah. A lot of good. A lot of George Went. Yeah. It was a good cast. It just wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't a good movie. I hated the uh, the voiceover. <laughs> the voiceover that they did. Oh, you didn't like that? No, it was completely unnecessary. It felt like it was tacked on. It didn't even sound good. No. Mm. Uh, it was, I didn't think it was needed. I was wondering why they did that. It, it started off, you know, it was sort of interesting. I liked how they set up right off the bat that he's like, I hate photographing people, you know? So you're like, okay, this is a kid. He's a weird kid. He's sort of, you know, older than his years. He's like, right. a, you know, a cranky old man in a young boy's body. And I like that. <laughs> I like that he likes things more than people. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I thought that was interesting. And that, and, that, and it's a good setup. And it does come back. They do pay that off at the end when he flips out. He's like, see, you know, he's like, Ansel Adams was right. You know, I shouldn't have stuck with people. Yeah, but right. uh, just sort of everything in between. 
queen. I just, <laughs> first of all, possibly the worst lip syncing in any movie ever. It, Demi Moore's lip syncing was as bad as Eddie Murphy's boxing was oh. in, uh, in I Spy. <laughs> Part of the problem with the songs is that, you know, she, she's got a pretty clear and nice singing voice. And the rest of the movie, Demi Moore, <laughs> sounds like this. John Cryer, I love you. She sounds like your old girlfriend from episode four or whatever, Fred, <laughs> that came back as a smoke as a smoke demon, as a smoke That's demon right. from Ghost. Uh, yes, That's how Demi, yeah. every time Taylor came in the room, she was like, who is that talking? I was like, That's Demi Moore. <laughs> She was like, she's like, that's the um, woman on the was screen. Was she a big smoker back then? I was like, I yes. bet she was, she was, and a lot of other things too. Because she's like, she's she's like fucking, she, she sounded like Gollum. I liked she her though. Lovely. I thought she, she was, was very charming and attractive. Yeah, oh, yeah she's and, always and, good, yeah, but she's good. you know, clean, very, do this, <clears throat> then say your lines. Oh my God. I did not care for John Cryer in it. I, I, I didn't, mm -mm. I didn't, I. He seemed like he was putting on a weird voice. He didn't sound like John Cryer normally sounds to me, even. I, I don't no. know. From what I read, they originally wanted Matthew Broderick. It was cast. It was cast with Matthew yeah. Broderick and Sally Field. They cast it in 1981, started filming it. And the original director... Sally Field? Yes. Original director. <laughs> this is 1981, though. This is like, you know, I mean, only a few years before this. But think of it. She's just... A couple of years off of um, that's the same year as Norma Ray, or the year after Norma Ray. So she's still she's young, but she's not a Demi Moore type at all. This is that's the John a, Cryer exactly, thing. Exactly, that's a very different kind of yeah. Movie. John Cryer is ex like even you, the way they comb his fucking hair. It's like they just want they're like just be Matthew Broderick, yeah. bitch. Right. Be Matthew Broderick for <laughs> just slapping him. Just like why aren't you Broderick? He's like I don't know why. You're living up to your name now, Cryer. But be more like a broad Rick, whatever that means to you. No, but, but Matthew Broderick, yeah, and Sally Field was supposed to do it. Then the director got ill, and so the whole thing was shelved. Oh, and Jesus. then new director, new cast, and the new cast was John Cryer and Ellen Barkin. So they clearly wanted a rough, raspy voice from whoever the singer was going to be, I guess. Wow. Uh, in, in rethinking it. And wow. Ellen Barkin, like they filmed for a few days and then replaced Ellen Barkin with Demi Moore and kept John Cryer. They replaced her with Anne Ramsey. And then <laughs> they said, that's too raspy. <laughs> too raspy. Get me a soda with some ice in it. But, and you know who I love in that movie? The, 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 the woman, I think, her, what's her name? Elizabeth Daly, who played Peter Frechette's fiance. She was She's ubiquitous really great. in the yeah. 80s. Is she, she in Pee Wee's? Big exactly. Yeah. She, she was in, uh, She's I think she was in Valley Girl. She, she had done... She's she was in so many movies in the 80s. Yep. She's a big voiceover actress now, but like I, I that oh, was the one thing when okay. she came on screen, I, it like warmed my cockles a little bit because then it brought me, I just remember seeing mm. her all the time. She was someone, you're talking about crushes. She was someone I really? had a huge crush on back then because she just, she had that hair. And she had the frizzy lips. 80s hair, yeah. Yeah, there was something about her. I was like, whoa. What about Ann Wedgworth? That? Anybody have a crush on her as the mother? Oh, Jesus. She, I feel like she was always dating or trying to date Jack Tripper on Three's Company. <laughs> like she was never not going on a date with him. Like every third episode, he'd take out Ann Wedgworth. And she'd be like, let's go to the Regal Beagle. And he'd trip over something. I, I was get, she not on Three's Company 94 times? She probably I was. So, I, yeah. I got her confused with another actress from that period. Um, oh, is it Elizabeth Ashley? Is that the name of the woman? She was on... 
Evening Shade with uh, Burt Reynolds and stuff. I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah. I can see I confuse those. a raspy voice, Elizabeth yeah, Ashley. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I mean, she's like, hi, honey. She came out of the womb going, wow, <laughs> I'm, I've been born. Like, she came out of the womb with, like, sex voice. <laughs> You're good at these voices, Dan. This is, Dan. This is sure. uh, Aren't I, though? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I'm a vocal You're mimic. really? You're fantastic. <laughs> it's all in my wheelhouse. No one loves his mama. I don't know. Maybe we should just move on, because... <laughs> well, the, the thing with this movie is that, you know, I did want to like it as well, because there is lots to like about it. It's a, yeah. it's a and it kind of... It had me. I mean, the musical sequences are ridiculous. She she's clearly lip syncing. It's clearly terrible music. Terrible. And you kind of yeah. and no, you you wonder, you know, you wonder why anyone's liking it or why anyone's into it to begin with. But the thing that really threw the movie off the rails to me is when he puts her picture on the cabs with her number. Yeah, that was creepy. It's, cre- it's super it's creepy, creepy and it's super stupid. stupid. I wrote stupid His down character twice. is yes. I just kept going. No, 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 no. His character's not, that, not that stupid. Dumb. He's not that dumb that he would do that's, that. That's what what do you do if you hate somebody? That people not- would be exactly that's like writing it on a, a think, toilet. <laughs> writing it he's a not that stall. naive that he wouldn't think that people would call her looking for sex, which is exactly what happens. Yeah. Why not just put her picture and her name on there without the phone number? But it's funny that you say that because I actually did. I, I was sort of shocked by that as well. And I'm glad that they wrote her character to get as mad as oh, she yeah. did. But yeah. there was but there was something about that moment where suddenly I felt, oh, there's the 15-year-old kid. And I actually felt a little bad for him because I did it too, was but because it was a stupid mistake. And I almost bought it that he would do something stupid because really? the rest of the movie, only uh, because the rest of the movie he's playing it like he's sort of above everyone mm-hmm. else. And he seems, like I said, wiser than his years. But then in the end, he's just a dumb 15-year-old who doesn't know yeah. how to deal with people. He doesn't yeah, know yeah. how to he doesn't know yeah. how to deal with these emotions and, and relationships. And he doesn't know what how to talk to or or deal with women at all so there's a part of me that was like i can see him doing something stupid like that and thinking that it would be the right thing to do I, I, so I, I, yeah i can't i, I, I what you're saying so. but i sort of bought just, it. i'm with dan i can't i can't get that I, if it's forrest gump doing it and you and he's like oh jenna i thought you would be happy that i put your picture on the cabs She'd be like, my fucking number's on there, Forrest. Like, that's how so people can tell you how nice you are. No, they want, they, they've been calling me for sex. What's that, Jen? I, I thought they just wanted to be friends and have conversations. When you see that he is like so, he's so snarky and smart and, and above it all. And, and he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. I couldn't buy the disconnect between like not realizing that you don't put a girl's phone number on every cab yeah, in the city right. was Too was much was tricky. But I accomplished. But Fred, that was a that was a great defense of the fifteen year old mind. It is. It is because yes. kids do stupid things, and even smart kids do really stupid things. You know what I mean? Like somebody of course, who's, especially yeah. at fifteen um, when you're so when you don't know what's what. But then, the, and, that, and that's all the defense I'm going to give because this isn't like a Blade Runner thing where I'm going to, you know, d- defend it to to the death against you guys. This is no small affair. I was just sort yeah, of and I don't care, and, I, and, I, and I don't care what he did for her. There's no way that a fifteen year old who looks like John Cryer is ever having a night of sex with a 22 year old who looks like Demi Moore. It's not happening on any planet. Well, maybe on a different planet, maybe an alien nation, maybe like a John Cryer could have sex with a Demi Moore. With Mandy Patinkin? Watching. 
and filming it <laughs> and, and then pouring sour milk on his lap. <laughs> You've said this before, Dan, about other movies, and I feel like this was a movie that didn't know what it wanted to be. I guess you know? so. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like it have a story. Really, it's just a hodgepodge. It could have been a, 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 a nice, quirky yeah. tale of these two, you know, just different people, like that shouldn't be together, but somehow yeah. form a relationship. But then they also wanted to get the. I, I feel like they wanted to you know, capitalize on Porky's and all the sex comedies. Oh, we got to get that in there too. And it just, it feels to me like it's capitalizing on Neil Simon, like the scene with the hooker, which I thought was a good scene. That was like, hello, Biloxi blues. This mm. is right Ugh, out no, of- but the Biloxi, but the Biloxi blues scene is at least written. Well, this was, of I, course I, yeah. this is, but I mean, they're trying to capitalize bleh. on that sort of Eugene Jerome becomes a man kind of, you know, feeling uh, which was popular in those plays, which then yeah. became popular movies. How many words do you know to describe the female sex organ? Um, I, re- I really don't know what you're getting at. I'm sure you've seen a variety written on the bathroom walls at school. I guess. So with all those words, I think it's quite a valuable commodity, wouldn't you? I'm sorry, is this making you uncomfortable? Uh, oh, no, not, not at all. Um, I just can't help the feeling we're being watched. <laughs> Oh, how interesting that two two movies in the same week are about people who want to be singers. singers. Yeah, I thought about that as well. I know. Freddy Krueger <laughs> and Ted <laughs> Loss. Uh, well played. Well played. Um, <laughs> shall we move That's on good. to our next uh, motion picture Yeah, experience? might, as, might well. as well. Why not? Oh, God, you devil. <laughs> oh, God. I still watch over people. You devil. I love to scare the hell out of people. <laughs> that old black magic has me in its spell. That old black magic that I weave so well. I'd sell my soul to the devil to make it in this business. Interesting. When a rock and roll singer sold his soul to become a star. This is fun! Guess who answered his prayers? Who are you? Oh my God. Guess again. Unable to gain any professional momentum as a musician, Bobby Shelton, played by Demi Moore. Oh, I'm sorry. Played by Ted Wass. <laughs> casually says he would be willing to sell his soul for success. While performing at a wedding, Bobby meets Harry O. Tofit, played by George Burns, who guarantees seven years of stardom in return for his immortal soul. For you see, Harry O. Tofit is the devil. Desperate uh, to succeed, Bobby signs with Harry, only to find out that the old man is Satan himself. Despite his newfound fame, Bobby misses his wife and the child he learns they were to have together and calls upon God, also played by Burns, to help him. Oh God, You Devil made $5.5 million over its opening weekend, en route to a total haul of $21.5 million. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of Oh God, You Devil? <laughs> Can I ask you a question? What? Who is Ted Wass? He's the star of this movie. <laughs> he was also in Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. I don't remember him from anything. He's, Literally, this could be the only thing he's ever he done. Was he, he was on Soap. He was no, soap? he was on the show Soap for a while. He was that. on Soap? Yeah, he did Soap for a couple years. He, a couple years? <laughs> yeah, he did another... I remember him from this and Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. And I'll tell you why Same I remember year. from Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. 
because, because of she Sheena. has it in a no well because of Sheena and the last the final scene of that movie go watch it he's got an enormous boner in his khakis as Tommy <laughs> Roberts gives him a kiss of course that's what you enormous remember boner. of course that's what Fred Furman the remembers. same thing happens when he touches George <laughs> Burns at the end of this movie. <laughs> For two seconds. That's not a cigar. He says, kid. Hey, not a cigar. You can touch me. And then he's like, Jesus Christ, put it away. <laughs> I don't know why. Save it for Sheena, Wass. <laughs> okay. So, so never, why do you ask about Ted Wass? Okay. But, well, because I've never seen this human before and I've never heard of this human before. So I'm going, Ted Wass. All right. Well, once he comes on screen, I'll, I'll, it'll jog my memory. Nope. I have no, I yeah. still, I can't picture him in my head, what he looks like. I've never seen this person before. How did he get this gig? That's all I want to talk about. How did he get this job? Because, because this is a good part. It's a dynamic part. He's got a, a lot part. to do. He's got a great journey through the movie. It's a it's, pretty it's, it's well a wonderful life. It's, plot. It's, it's, he's, yes, he's exactly the, he's a wonderful Jimmy life. Part. That's exactly and it's actually, what I thought. That's right. It's built this way that's because right. it's like, George Burns is literally probably a hundred years old almost at this point. And it's like, and he's, I think he's fantastic. And I loved watching him. I was like, Oh my God, it's George he's Burns. Great in it. he's, yeah. great, he's great. In but it. he's in it. And I don't know the other, Oh God movies very well. So you can tell me if I'm wrong about this. It feels like because of his advanced age, he's doing as little as possible. He's yeah. not doing a yeah, lot. He was much more, he was much, he much more, more present, present in the, the first yeah. two. Oh, yeah. I, from what I remember, I was a, a really big fan. And I, I'm, I say big fan cause I was a very little kid mm -hmm. when I saw it. But as a kid, I loved Oh God part two. Mm -hmm. I loved yes. it. Um, with it was one of the, That's a good with one. the little girl. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was always on, on TV mm -hmm. and cable. And I, it, that was my first introduction to George Burns. And, and I loved him in that. And I remember seeing, Oh God, the first one afterwards and, being a little disappointed hmm. only, but I, I only because I, I seem to remember thinking that John Denver was weird looking. That was my thought. Like as a kid, yes. he was like, weird looking. Weird. Yeah. He's an odd looking guy, but yeah. yeah, but you're right. I don't think he has as much to do in this one because like you said, he's, you can just you know, tell he's just, he's just, he's just off, he's just off screen for long stretches of yeah. it. When he's there, he's fantastic. Yeah. And he has, and he's, he's very he's fun. Good. He's very he's good. Very and good. the distinction even fun. though he's playing himself, right? The distinction between the devil. No, it's lovely and, and, and subtle. It's subtle yeah. and it's great. Yeah. His devil is like actually yeah. those those extreme close-ups on him as the He's like mm -hmm. menacing. Yeah. He's quite yeah. good. Yeah. You, me, welcome home. How do you like it? Where'd you go? It's been five months. What do you think? You're my only client? I'm running a big operation with a big overhead. I need tenants have to foment racial tension, pestilence, famine, war. It's fun, but a pooped. It's right there it in was, the eyes. Yeah, I, I had really a great, when, when he, when he first popped up on the screen, I just, I smiled yeah. from ear to ear because it immediately, <laughs> it was such a comforting sight to see him in the yes. little white cap Aww. and, you know, and that jacket. And it just brought me back to being a kid. And I actually saw, I thought that first scene was actually pretty lovely. With the where, dad. where he's sick, yeah, yeah, and, and I thought it was set right up really here. well. I thought even like uh, the way it was filmed, I was like, "That's a nice setup." Like it pans, you, it pans by the the piano, mm -hmm. so uh, immediately you're like, mm -hmm. "All right, music is a big part of this family." Yes, you know, it was just it was it was a nice setup without giving away too much. Uh, exactly. I will so say I was, one thing about really that since you're excited. on that you're on that moment, so I'll just say this because this something similar happens later in the film as well. You don't 
Yeah. You're a father, Fred. If your child is sick in bed and has a high fever, please do not tell me that you don't sit there next to him in the bed and out loud say, oh, God, please let him live. Please, I'll do anything if you let him live. Hush. You lay, lay back down. Shush, 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 shush. Go to sleep. You're sick. Oh my let God! Let me live. What do you mean, he Dad? Looks, shush, shush, shush. What do you mean let me live? He looks awful. He looks. He's, Dad, am I dying? No, 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 no. Dad, am he's I dying? At death's door. You're just at the door. Yeah. At- <laughs> Daddy. I mean, wait. So I shouldn't be doing no, that? No, don't try. Try not to, if you can. Don't be like, oh God. This is why my children hate me. <laughs> let them live. That's why tonight. my kids are always going, oh God, you devil, every time they see me. So that's because I'm the devil incarnate. To I, them. I think the idea of yes, it is right. lovely, but I, it's just I, the one I didn't thing. Even it's, think like, of that. it's like it's like I little, didn't think of it either. Like just do a voiceover, something, or have him go into another room, leave the child, and then pray to God out loud. But anyway, other than that, I'll do yeah, you one better. Call a hospital. <laughs> Your kid has scarlet fever. Your kid has plague. And that's been eradicated. <laughs> your child is, you think your child's at death door? Call someone. Don't put a cold compress on their head. He You're did. He called God. God. He called George Burns. Oh, for the love. And George right. Burns took the call. Listen, when if you're going to have a movie where George Burns is not on to, like, you know, like you said, Jason, you, 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 George Burns is limited in his, not capacity, he's clearly super sharp, right, but in his great. ability to be in the movie for long stretches. Yeah. That's fine. Which I thought was kind of the 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 main flaw of the movie was there wasn't enough of God versus the devil. No, you get the I one agree. Scene, it's the poker game, and I thought this was going to be the whole movie was going to be them squaring no, off. God's only a scene of it. It's beginning. a terrific scene, yeah. but you, that's all you get. It's all you get. Um, yeah, I seem to remember it being more, but no, it wasn't. I had never seen it before. But I, if you're going to have him off screen for that yeah. long, those long stretches, Ted Wass, seriously. <laughs> I gotta watch Ted goddamn Wasp for an hour and a half. I want to see George Burns. I know. If you're gonna take George Burns away, give me someone who's not Ted Wasp. I will say I I enjoyed him in the beginning, and you know when you're asking, was Billy How Crystal not available? Job? That's all I want to know. Get somebody else from Soap. Who else was on Soap? Richard Mulligan. Call Mary Lou Henner. Was she on there? Go call Richard Mulligan. There you go. But I I wonder if Ted Wasp, and I'm not sure about this. I wonder if he was a musical theater guy as well, because he oh, had nice. a good voice. And actually, I, something that I was sort of impressed with this movie, I thought the singing scenes, like the like when he's at the wedding and the concert scenes, even though it's not great music, they were actually produced pretty well. Mm. There was no really bad lip syncing. I mean, it sounded yeah, no, that was much better. It, it yeah. had like a, a it had an actual live sound to it, which yeah, sort of. I, I was shocked at that. I'm like, really? Oh God, you devil has good musical sequences in it. But I've never heard the hokey did. pokey done better. Than <laughs> but I have to say he, he was very charming in those scenes. I liked it. I mean, he remind maybe because I'm like the son of a band leader. Right. So, you know, I know what that's like, but he, I thought he played those scenes really well. And just the idea of being miserable, but doing his best yes. and trying to have everyone have a good time. He got better as the movie went along for sure. In his early scenes, I was like, who is this guy? Oh, he's, he's just whiny and annoying and I can't stand, but he gets better and better as it goes. I, I, I will, I will give Ted Watts that, but Ron Silver was great. Yeah, hey, Ron I love Ron good. Silver. The late, so great good. Ron Silver. This movie is populated with a lot of uh, actors from, um, all in the family and sitcoms of the seventies because it is directed by a sitcom director, Paul Bogart James directed Cromwell a lot of, uh, a lot of episodes of oh. all in the family and golden girls. And that's mostly what he's known for the director. And, and the movie has a very sit, a lot of the, the patter scenes early on. It felt yes. very sitcom-y. sitcom-y. Um, yeah. The first third of it, especially. And then it kind of, 
found a, a different kind of rhythm. But at first I was like, boy, he's like filming this movie as if it's an episode of the Jeffersons or something. I think Mr. Jefferson just wants us to sign his petition. Oh, are you a registered Republican? Either? No, she's a registered dingbat. <laughs> It ain't an I.O.U. Just go ahead and sign it. Oh, hold it, hold it, Jefferson. I don't go around signing political documentaries just like that, you know? <laughs> Even Abe Lincoln, as smart as he was, he read the Declaration of Independence before he put his John Hancock. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's very. And it was funny. Like I really, as somebody who has watched so much All in the Family, yeah. There's James Cromwell, but then there's several other actors, mostly men, who show up in it. Um, Did you catch uh, Robert Picardo? Oh yeah, plays the doctor on Star Trek Voyager. For people who know Star Trek Voyager, he was Ron Silver's sidekick at the agency. Oh, he's a Joe Dante. That's where I recognized him from. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think. I'm like, where do I know that guy? He's from. Yep, he's in Inner Space. He's in a lot of Joe Dante's. He's in a lot of yeah. uh, Joe Dante. That's stuff. right, Inner Space. He was great in He's that. Very good. Now, let me ask you something. What was the? Is there is there something that I'm missing from the Bible? Or I don't know about. Like, what, why was it seven years? The contract was seven years. Why why was it that particular that number? Is there know. a reason? I don't know. I thought that was odd because I always thought I mean, the uh, the when you sign, you know, the the deal with like the deal with the devil is whenever you do die. The devil yeah, gets your soul. Your I, you know, this idea of a seven-year contract was interesting and not something that I, I'm familiar with as like a staple of. Maybe it's in other things, you know, like these these contracts with the devil. Or, but I always thought it was just like when you die, I get your soul, as opposed to because it's weird that like a person at their height of their, you know, it's like I, you want a taste of success. Uh, you know, I guess it's a it's it's an allegory in a lot of ways for the way a lot of these careers end early, right? I thought that was an interesting modern sure. touch to be like, and these rock stars, maybe they've all made deals with the devil. They, they party too hard. Yeah. And you find them dead in their dressing yeah. room and you're like, why? They're so young. They had everything to live for. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, so I thought that was interesting. Well, that would have made sense if like, if he was 20 and they said seven years, because so many of these people, they died at 27. Like, isn't that, that's sort of like the Oh, really? Year. I didn't even right. think about like that. Jim Morrison. Right. Well, there's that great moment where Ted Wass says, I'm pushing 30. And I was like, yeah, plus 12. Yeah, there's no way you're like <laughs> 29 years old. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's uh, not an elderly man, but you know, come on. What else I wasn't expecting movie? it to be like instantaneous fame the second he signs the thing. You know, I, I thought there was going to be like a buildup yeah, and people would like his songs and he would have a build to his career and then he would soar for a while. You know, it wasn't, it, just it, I was, really was not thinking it was going to be like, I'm going to go into the body of someone who's already a rock star yeah. and yeah. take on their identity because That's that kind of, I would not, that kind of belies everything that you're going into it to do. You want people to like like and respect and right. it's not just the fame it's about them liking what you have to offer and he doesn't get any of that he just gets the fame part which i guess is sort of the message of the movie it's like well you can have one and not you can only have one and not the other or something i don't know i was confused i was yeah. i was a little confused by that and then i was like all right i guess this is where we're going but i don't i think the message is stronger the other way don't you i, I don't agree know. and there there wasn't i mean i like the way he played it that it was really trying to figure this yeah, out completely and flummoxed did, you know yeah. but there, it, i guess it would have added to the movie if maybe there was a moment where he's like hey you know guys can we try you know i'm working on this new song or something you know to, a call back right. to something that he was working on in the beginning yeah but again yes, but like but it, once again then you're taking screen time away from george burns mm. and, you know knock him dead out of that 
what? What am I singing? Don't worry, it'll come to you. Don't worry? Showtime. Hi. We open with uh, Only Up To Me, right, Billy? Only Up To Me? What's that? <laughs> That's a song of mine? Only Up To Me? One of your big hits. It is? Smash. It is? Ted, no Ted Wass is very good in the scene in the restaurant where he meets his wife and uh, and the yes. husband and, and finds mm-hmm. out she's pregnant. It's... He's he's That's he's really good, good. It's a good scene, and he's very good in it. This was better than me. I. He grew on me as a I had no, I this ended up being better yeah. than I thought it was going yeah. to be. Like I, yeah. my big oh, shit. My we biggest, didn't do Sheila's uh, for biggest, no small affair. We, we have I'm to just do gonna those. say we didn't do Sheila's. Oh, we yeah. got to go do Sheila's. But I'll yeah, you say know, the, the last thing I'll say about Oh God, You Devil is that I was disappointed that the band's name was not Was Not Was because it should have been Was Not Was. George Burns is a dinosaur. <laughs> Again, can't say enough good things about George Burns in this movie. He was he's he was fun. He was fun. Wonderful. Very comforting. Yeah, what so good he was. Just such an easy. I mean, just brilliant star to be this little little old man and have like that much star quality, like just emanating out of every pore. He's he's really wonderful. How I many Sheilas? Him. How many Sheilas for this one? Hmm. Over the door. On the I think I was going to say f- Sorry. five. I don't think I was going to go this high, but I'm going to say oh. five. Oh, oh my. For, oh, God. I can't believe it. Maybe 4.5. I'm going to give it a four and a four half. 4.5 feels more right. I'll give it a four right. and a half, yeah. Yeah, you can't I'll come. strap on a pair and give it five. I'll oh, give it a oh, healthy oh. five. Oh, wow. my God. I'll go 5.5. 5. Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I well, can, five I is can neutral, see. right? It's right in the middle. And I liked it, so I'll go 5.5. 5. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. All right. Nah, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with a 4.5. Yeah. 4. No. If you stay at 5, no. I'll go 4.75, Dan. But if you want to go up to 5.5, 5, then I'll I'll take your 5. I'll take I'll take nice. all 5. All right. So That's where I'm 5. Headed. I'm on 5. Oh God, you devil! Nice. No small affair. No small That's affair. <laughs> yeah, I, I give that a three. Uh, I'll go four on it. Mm. Wow, you're in a ge- <laughs> you're in such a generous mood, aren't I? Though, aren't I? Aren't I? Um, Speaking of a generous mood, gentlemen. Uh oh, what's happening? The phone is ringing. What? Wow. Can you believe it? Phone's ringing. Oh my God. Uh, yes. Hello. Welcome. To the opening weekend podcast, you're on with Jason, Fred, and or Dan. <laughs> Please state your name and what and you your want business. To talk about. And your business here. <laughs> What's your business here, sir or madam? Oh, you boys didn't crack me up too much. I'll tell you what, it's Eustace. 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 It's so nice to hear uh, your it's voice. It's great to hear oh, you. Oh, it's good to hear y'all. How are you? It's been a while, huh? We're okay. We're doing great. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing, uh, you, we're shooting this movie down here. We sent y'all a trailer. Did you get it? We shot the trailer yes, already. We, uh, we played it at the top of the uh, episode. Yeah. You understand me? Well, now I, I can't remember what is your position on the film, Eustace. I know you're one of the co writers, but what um, else are you doing? Oh, on yeah, it? I co wrote, I wrote all the, I wrote all the scenes where they make uh, country cooking because they need all the recipes, make a little uh, ham and beans, and uh, uh, they make uh, country fried steak in the kitchen. 
Oh, uh, they make a nice sausage gravy. I had to write all those scenes. I helped them out with that. You're bringing a little uh, verisimilitude to you. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but I bring realness. I bring realness to it. Good, 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 good. Um, but I provide the onset security uh, for everybody and then make sure everybody's nice and safe down here. Nothing goes wrong. Nothing goes right. wrong on set. Only certain people allowed on the set. Boy, I like hanging out with these movie stars, I'll tell you what. And Jacob Joseph, I'll tell you, he's a good actor. Boy can act. Yeah. I mean, I'm no Mary Lou Henner, but that boy can act. <laughs> Tell you right now. Now, oh boy, well you, what do you think of that Adam? Oh what my you think god! Think of his, what's going on I there? Know. I mean, we, we read we, his. Uh, we, we we um the manifesto. Yeah, I guess you could call sprawling it sprawling yeah. monologues that he's inserting into the script. Now, are these are these sanctioned by the rest of you guys? I mean, Eustace and and the rest yeah. Of well, them? I'm not talking about that. We love it. I think that's great. Oh. Yeah, that's, oh, some, that's some of the best stuff in the movie. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. So it's staying in. Wow. Oh, of course it's oh, we sta- thought, staying we, in. Of course We thought you were commenting in. on his mental state or the, where he is right now, you know, in, in emotionally. Well, I mean, he told, let me just look through the, through the script here. He told, he's he trying to tell you what's going on here. He says, uh, 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 my sweet hornet, how she used to sting me. Now she stings another, another brother. Yeah, no, I, I know. I heard it. I don't know what it has to do with lunch line. I think what he's trying to tell you all, you know, is that Sheila has found the affections of another. Yeah. Jacob. Sheila and JJ are together now. I think it makes sense, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I, I mean, I hate to be so blunt about it, but I, I you know, I, I haven't seen a picture of Sheila. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still thinking... Eustace, the way oh, I she still looked good. I'll tell I tell mean. you what, she still looked good. I, yeah, she gets me. She gets my. She gets my heart at Davidson Hunt. Okay, well, you know good. What I'm See, that's what I and I. I picture. I'll tell you right now. I picture Adam as something more final stage of Brundleflyness, like just like. <laughs> I think I said this last uh, episode. Just like oh, he's hideous. He's completely yeah, hideous. and just like trying to like. I'm sure you have a rifle there on set. Does he ever put it up to his temple and ask to be released from the misery? Oh, God. Well, it's it's real, real interesting because it's interesting you say that because my rifle's gone, it's gone missing. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Eustace, it's oh, gone missing. Eustace. I know, and I'm the security guy, and it's gone missing. Oh, Eustace, what you were yelling hell? at me for sending a shiv to yeah. prison. Just, I'm you, trying you to find your... it. I've been trying to find it all day, and I would. What? 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 Hold, hold on, man. Wait. Oh, lights are out. Lights went out over here. Wait, who's coming over here? Wait a minute. I just did. Uh, yeah, what did I? Oh, the lights came back on. It was it. Oh my God. Jacob Joseph. Jacob Joseph. JJ. JJ. Who shot JJ? Who shot JJ? Oh my God. Oh my God. The line went dead. Hello? Oh boy. Hello? The line's. Hello? Eustace? Eustace, are you there? Eustace, are you there? Hello, Eustace. Eustace, be on the phone. Are you there? <laughs> it's literally like we're back in 1984 now. Wow. We don't know who shot JR. We don't know who shot JJ. Oh, my God. Oh, my stars. <laughs> JJ. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, you guys, you guys, the time phone. The time phone's ringing. Oh, God. The time oh phone's ringing. Hang on a minute. How are you? Hello, hello, hello. Yes, uh, uh, opening weekend podcast. This is the time phone? Yeah, how this used to? This, it's tomorrow. <laughs> it's tomorrow. Yeah, it was Adam, just like we all thought. <laughs> Wait, is Jacob Joseph dead? 
Or is he? Oh, he's fine. He just got grazed. Oh. Got grazed in the kneecap. <laughs> yeah, Adam just grazed him in the kneecap. Yep. He's fine. Everybody's fine. Oh, well, thank you. Thank God. <laughs> you didn't think it was going to be a big mystery that went on and on and on, did you? I, well, I mean. Who who can tell with this this crazy journey yeah, that we've been on? With this arthropod squad. I understand squad. what you mean. One thing about that third question. Hello? Hello? Eustace? Wow. Well, thank wow. God. Thank goodness we solved the mystery of who shot Jay <laughs> that was good. That was, in five Jay, seconds. It was good of him to tomorrow to think of... <laughs> Being like, I left those boys hanging there. <laughs> well, I, I like to think ragged. that maybe he was listening to the podcast the next day, that we right. finish up, we edit it real quick, we put right. it out there, he's and listening he like, to it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, he was about to give it a five-star review on mm-hmm. iTunes, like you should all be doing, exactly. you know, going to Spotify and iTunes. And you heard it and said, oh, you know what, I, let me let me call them and just appease them that everything's okay. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? You should all give us five stars on iTunes or some other place where you can give stars. Because <laughs> otherwise we'll drag you to a boiler room <laughs> and slit you open with our five bladed gloves. Mm, yeah. Oh, give us, yeah. Give us five stars. Or we give nice. you five blades, right? That's a nice thing to say <laughs> to, to your audience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ay, ay, ay. It's a nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> A Nightmare on Elm Street. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? We just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. There's a coroner got to say. In the John Pukin since he saw it. From Wes Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror, Nightmare on Elm Street. In Wes Craven's classic slasher film, several Midwestern teenagers fall prey to Freddy Krueger, played by Robert Englund, a disfigured monster of a man who preys on the teenagers in their dreams, which, in turn, kills them in reality. After investigating the phenomenon, Nancy, played by Heather Langenkamp, begins to suspect that a dark secret kept by the parents in town may be the key to unraveling the mystery. But can Nancy and her boyfriend Glenn, played by Johnny Depp, solve the puzzle before it's too late? (laughs) No. No, Glenn can't. (laughs) By, By Craven's own account, his personal adolescent experiences led him to the name of his villain, as he had been bullied at school by a child named Fred Krueger. A Nightmare on Elm Street earned $1.2 million over its opening weekend on its way to a total of $25.5 million and went on to spawn six sequels starring England and a remake with Jackie Earl Haley. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of A Nightmare on Elm Street? Well... As you know, this movie came was very high on my list mm-hmm. of Halloween movies on our Halloween episode, which if you haven't listened to, go back and listen to it. Oh, it's a fun so one. Nightmare on Elm Street was not my number two. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors was my number one by virtue of Dokken. And I know a lot of people were upset about <laughs> no. that. A lot of people wrote, there were a lot, a lot of people wrote in oh, please. about that. They, they were angry, but uh, I stand by they my pick. But down. I... <laughs> Sit down. Don Dawkins is speaking. <laughs> I have a great fondness for this movie, you know, and in rewatching it the other day, and I, I hadn't seen it in, in, in a little while. Yeah, the, the acting is not very good. There's some really, 
really bad writing. I mean, I don't know how Wes Craven, what teenagers he hung out with that said creep and fruitcake and oh, for Pete's sake all the time. <laughs> uh, certainly not the kids I was hanging out with, but Wes Craven is from another time. But <laughs> the movie holds such a special place in my heart. And I do think it really holds up and I still think it's it's creepy as hell. And I think just the idea idea of Freddy and who yes. he was. And at this time, you know, we talked about this yes. on the Halloween episode that, you know, th- there was Michael and there was Jason and there were, there was a type of slasher mm-hmm. and, you know, this, the, the, the evil that would come at you. And, and there was something different about Freddy and just mm-hmm. the fact, the idea that it was in, he was in your dreams. And I, and I, I forgot that dreamscape came out this same yeah. year. Oh. So there was that, there was that whole thing going on with this, this idea of, you know, what, what happens if, you know, you get stuck, you know, almost like, you know, inception before yeah. inception in a way. Uh, and there was just something so menacing, much more menacing about Freddy Krueger than any of those, those other, you know, psycho slasher killers were to me. And yeah. I remember when he, I didn't see it when it first came out, I remember the poster and mm-hmm. boy, it scared the fuck out of me, you know, of like the Heather Langenkamp character who doesn't look anything like Heather Langenkamp <laughs> on the poster lying there with the claw over her head. <laughs> and it just, it haunted me. It haunted me. And I, and I mentioned in oh, yes, the-, the Halloween episode that I finally saw it when I did see it for the first time. I saw it in the movie theaters because me and my friends, when this was a couple of years later, this is when Nightmare on Elm Street 2 came out. We went to see that. And the first one was a double features during the mm. day. And so it was amazing to see it on the big screen. And I'd seen pictures from it. You know, my, as I mentioned, my friend Damon had all the Fangoria magazines, so I knew of it. But it was my first scary movie that I saw in the theater. So it had a huge impact. Oh, on wow. Me. Yeah. And I remember at the time, I mean, that scene, that first dream sequence where he's chasing Nancy. And I mean, now you watch it and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty shitty special effects with his arms stretching out at yeah, the time. Yeah, it's fun it's still. Terrifying me. And that yeah. that was the thing. There was a sense of fun behind it. Um, I just, and I love how Freddie is fucking with the kids. That to me makes him more menacing than any of those other guys. He's messing with well, them. Mm-hmm. And that gets even more as, as we discussed, as, as the movies go yeah. on, you know, he gets more little wisecracky. He has a personality, a, unlike Jason got, and Michael Myers. He has a face yeah. and a voice. He's not, he's not, you know what I mean? He's not just a mask without. He's a character. He's, they're all nonverbal. All these other killers are nonverbal. Exactly. And he's like, so that he stood out. And it was also the glove was so, you know, because it was always, I I forgot the movie started with him making that glove and it's so cool. That sequence is so disturbing and so fucking cool. And I remember it so vividly. I haven't watched this movie in a long time. And I was like, man, and it reminded me, of how many times I must have watched it when I was younger, because I'm like, I could, yeah. I was like, I remember, I like memorized this sequence of how he made the glove and how he like, oh. it's fantastic. As these young boys, the testosterone was bubbling up. And I yeah. feel like we were becoming more interested in, in weapons and movies that had knives and guns <laughs> and that. And yeah. just, and this, suddenly it, it was, yeah, it wasn't just a, like, I remember me and my friends were really into like Chinese. Like, I was just going to say everybody was into yeah, ninjas, nunchucks. ninjas and yeah. throwing stars. Yeah, that's what every kid yeah. in my class was drawing pictures of and like obsessed totally. with. Totally, that's and so to see this, it was so cool. You're like, wait a minute, it's not just a knife. You're making a fucking knife glove. Yeah, yeah. just the idea of it was terrifying, but also really cool as hell. So, 
I was in. And then also to find out later, I was a huge, we've talked about V on the show before. I, I loved V and V, the final battle. And oh, I'm like, Robert wait a England. minute. Yeah. yeah, Robert. I'm like, that's Willie from V? Mm. Yeah. The, the, sweetest the, the nice of the aliens. Alien? Yeah, the sweetest of the aliens. Yeah. Everybody it was, forgets that. It's and true. I just, I, I love how it's already set up in the beginning. It's There's already- you know, they play off. All these movies have like that sort of haunted house, you know, that there are the, the one house on the block that you don't want to go to, <laughs> yeah. like the Michael mm. Myers. And this was, it's like people already sing. Yeah, I I I love it. It 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 holds up to me. I mean, there you know we, we can. There's there's ups and downs. Um, <laughs> but uh, God, we were we were talking about uh, the Megaforce theme song. That final song at the end of this. Did you guys listen to? Yeah. What? Yeah, did it go I, again? Uh, what was it again? It's a nightmare. It's a dream. Yeah. Why? Oddly enough, Megaforce was written by 707. This band was called 213. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, come on. We're just yeah. picking random numbers. Yeah, everybody's just doing their area yeah. code and calling themselves a band. It's awful. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know how I didn't know this song at all. This I didn't is the first either. time in this fun never heard it. I never listened to it. I'm like, wait a minute, how do I not know this? I mean, it's it's an awful song. It sounds like it was recorded in my basement. Uh but uh yeah. I, yeah. I loved I, it. What do you what do you guys think? Do you guys like it? I I Oh jeez. I love it. I love it. Um, I really love it. I know. I know. Dan rewatched it recently, and 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 took issue with the acting. Um, and yeah, it's here's where why it doesn't bother me the same way it bothered me on Halloween because the, there is a baseline mediocrity to the or weakness to the acting on everyone's part here that just makes it seem like this is just the planet of mediocre acting. When you have Jamie Lee Curtis, who's quite a good actor, and Donald Pleasance, good who's point. quite a good actor. With people yeah, who are yeah, like, you're right. Hey, where'd you put my knife? Oh, it's in my back now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know. Oh, I spilled butter yeah, on I my have shirt. Butter in my vagina again. Better change. <laughs> hey, stupid. Hey. See, everyone, everyone in this movie talks that yeah, way. So that's it's it. Fine. There's it nobody like rising above the morass. No, so. You fruitcake. When she's yelling at the, she's screaming, she falls asleep in class and she wakes up and she's like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. She's l- smiling. She's laughing through that. She's breaking in I, that scene. That's not how it seems. Unquestionably. She's breaking in that no. scene. Oh, I didn't get that at all. Look at that scene again. God damn it. She's breaking. <laughs> all I'm saying is. She's going, so. ah, ah, to the, to the teacher. And the teacher's going, you know, Heather, whatever her name is, calm down. And she's like, <laughs> like underneath it, she's smiling. I thought the best actor in the movie besides Robert Englund was that teacher. She That's was really Lynn good. That's Lynn Shea, who uh, is in um, uh, There's Something About Mary and all the Farrelly Brothers movies. <gasps> Oh, for the she's the, she's, the, she's, she's a mad uh, Magna or whatever the name of uh, Cameron oh Diaz's landlady, God. and there's something about Mary. That's she's a great actor, amazing, oh, and she's the one she in uh, Kingpin, really who's uh, uh, Woody Harrelson's yeah. landlady who he has to the have landlady. sex with. She's terrific. Oh my God, that's she's amazing. Really yeah, she was actually really yeah, good. She's really good. Um, Sorry, so go yes. on. No, Jason. no, no. But just to say, like, yes, the I mean, but I, I agree with you, Dan. Uh, you know, the acting is weak. But, uh, Wyatt doesn't. It doesn't capsize it because because of what I said that baseline of mediocrity. But my God, the Freddy Krueger as a character and and the images, no the question. glove coming up out of the water in the bathtub, the the 
pressing through the wall Coming above the, the wall. bed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great. There's so That's many. The, great. The, the fountain of blood shooting up from Johnny from Depp's Johnny bed. Yeah. The, especially the sequence with that girl, Tina. Oh my God, the way she's attacked and. and it's the horror movie version of that Fred Astaire of that Fred Astaire yes. dance. You ever see the Fred Astaire dance yes, where he's yes, on the revolve? Yes. It's the horror She's movie version of that. Pulled up the wall and around the ceiling and oh, it's street, the blood streaking. It's horrifying yeah. and very creative. Very creative. That's the whole thing, the whole movie. And you get that because you can play with that because it's in the dream. Yeah. Because these things happen in a dream world, I feel like that open things up for how Wes Craven could you sort of choreograph these kills and the different That's things true. he can play with. And then especially as you go, I mean, it really, but when you get to the end of the movie, you really think, wait, was this all a dream? Like what was real? What wasn't? Where, where did it, where did it end? Um, although the ending is very problematic. And I think they, they had, I, I've read before that, you know, they'd filmed different versions of it and this wasn't exactly what they wanted to do. You mean that whole do. last sequence with him and her? The very last sequence, yeah. Yeah. You mean the very, very end, the coda or well, the whole the car. scene where he's he... the car? No, no, the, the, the car with the, where the mom gets pulled uh, through the window. The mom getting pulled that. through the window yeah. is insanity. Oh, I, I love it too. That I love is it too. Insanity. And I love it. You're back in the nightmare. Mm -hmm. You know, you think, and, and it's funny because right. this is the first the time watching it when, you know, because I remember even as a, when I was younger, I didn't really get the whole thing when like the mom's skeleton like floats down into the bed. But then you realize, well, that's just, it's still part of the dream. She's still in the nightmare at that mm, point. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, it gets to a weird place. <laughs> no, that no, final no. kind of um, Nancy versus Freddy thing. It's a little home alone. Yeah. I, it was like, it was like a sledgehammer rigged up. So I hit him in the stomach. <laughs> yes. I was like, is this Daniel Stern? It's, now get, it's very, very home, home alone. alone. It's Jason. It's very <laughs> home alone. Little, I thought that watching. I was like, I don't remember it being this home it's alone. It's a little goofy. It's hysterical. Yeah, that's goofy. I'm up here, you moron. I've been guarding my gate for a long time, bitch. Come and get me. But I, but I also, okay. I like that though, because I like what I love about Heather Langenkamp and she's, I mean, she, look, she's not the best actress at all. But you think? I, <laughs> but, there's, but there's something about her. I, I love my Nancy and I, know, I like, I, like I like how they made this character that they, they take a character who wants to figure it out. She wants mm -hmm. to take Freddie on head on. I mean, at the end she leaps at him and I, and I, and I like that. And I guess I had never seen that. And I mean, I hadn't really seen that many horror movies at this point, but I thought that was so interesting that she was scared, but she's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to fucking booby trap the house and I'm going to read this book. I'm going to go to the library and take out a book on self-defense yeah. and booby traps. I, I like that. And yeah, and as bad as she was, I couldn't help but love she her. Has, she I has really enjoyed her. stunning blue eyes. There was one scene where I was like, <laughs> my God, she has the bluest eyes I've ever seen on a non-Smurf. <laughs> Um, the other, <laughs> the only other thing I was going to say about it is that, uh, uh, Johnny Depp's mother can come into the room and see like the blood shooting up out of the bed. I was like, well, what's in a dream? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like what's, what's, the what's the reality? I, I get right. that the kids die right. in their sleep yeah. and then they find the body and that it's yeah. horrible things have happened right. to it. But to, but to be seeing it happen in the moment, I guess this happens throughout all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but I, 
Because Rod watches Tina get thrown around the room. Yeah, he sees her up and down the walls. And yeah, but I, yeah. I even right. can buy that he's asleep with her, that he's like, that they're in that a joint dream there. That oh. might not be what happened, but I know yeah. in, in the other movies, there that. are things about like, oh, we're all in this dream together, you know, that he might be. Yeah. He's dreamt about him. He's a teenager. They're both in bed. I thought it's possible that he's dreaming as well. But for like, clearly the the mother who's awake in another room to be like, what's going on in there? Oh my God, blood shooting out of yeah, the bed. Yeah, you're right. That seemed odd to me, but maybe not. Yeah. I don't know what the, again, the, the rules, I don't know what the rules are. I think right. the rationale and the logic and the rules were, hey, we can do a blood geyser. Let's do it. <laughs> and how and, cool and is if, that? If there's sure. nobody there to see it, did it happen? Uh, does it make a sound? Make- <laughs> yeah. Did you notice there's a, it looks like there's like a stuffed vulture hanging what? over Johnny Depp's bed, which I, I was, is that, is that? T- Tim Burton sent it to him and was like, let's work together someday. It's just a token of my appreciation for your work. I think Maybe. we're going to collaborate. I thought it was, I thought it was Peter DeLuise. It wasn't Peter DeLuise. <laughs> Jump down right. to Jump Street. I was going to say the one thing I did find it odd that they were able to get an appointment at that, uh, at that sleep Institute very quickly. <laughs> Quick, they got in there immediately. Did you notice that? She's like, I have an idea. And then they're there. And then suddenly, uh, Roger Rabbit is, you know, signing over there. Charles Fleischer. That's who that is. Oh, for God's sake. Who we can finally, it's been a long time. And one of our longtime listeners, Dan Kuhn, has been asking, like, we, he he keeps saying, like, you, you, you used to mention Gabe Kaplan all the time. And we haven't done that in an episode, but now we can bring it back because Charles Fleischer was, he was one of the, uh, the sweat hogs nemesis, nemesi. Is that yeah, he's one of their, yeah. that's the first time I've ever seen him was on Welcome Back. Yeah. Oh, for goodness sake. But yeah, watching it, I was like, wow, they, they got in there quick. Maybe she's got connections at the Sleep Institute. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Dan. Um, don't you fuck with Nancy, though. Don't you fuck with Nancy. Now, uh, I have a story that I'd like to tell <laughs> about this guy. You all know him. He had me scared as hell. He comes to me at night after I crawl into bed. Burned up like a weenie, and his name is Fred. Wears the same hat and sweater every single day. And even if it's hot outside, he wears it anyway. <laughs> He's gone when I'm awake, but he shows up when I'm asleep. I can't believe there's a nightmare on my street. <laughs> Please tell me you remember that I, song. Of course I Will do. Smith. I, okay. What is that? I thought you made no, it up that's, right now. Will that's Smith. Nightmare on My nightmare Street. Nightmare on My Will Street. Smith. There's a nightmare. But on my street. Now, now it's coming back. Okay. I was, like I said, I was more of a docking guy than a Will Smith. It's on top 40 radio. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, and right about here, you'll hear it, everybody. Silence. It was a whole new day, I thought. I wasn't scared of him anyway. Until I noticed those rips in my sheets, and that was proof that there had been a nightmare on my street. I think the most creative part of the movie is, yes, the inv- the actual envisioning of Freddy Krueger. Like, how do you go, okay, I got to put a killer in a movie. I'm going to give him a striped shirt, a claw knife hand, a crazy hat, and a burnt face. It's like, where are you, where, where's that, where's that combination yeah. of traits coming from? And I think, you know, like you said, it is extremely creative that it's like, he comes to you in your dreams. There is no escape. Because you have to sleep at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the strongest part of the movie, parts of the movie, when they're playing it, the truth of it is them trying to stay awake because you're like, oh man, I've been there. 
I've been to the place where it's like, I'm trying to stay up to watch this movie or to accomplish this task or to get this thing done. And I can't do it. I guess I'll have another cup of coffee. Mm. I got to get this thing done. We've all been in that torturous place where all we want to do is sleep and we can't. That plays, you know, that plays. But man, I just, it, it, the the lack of, of skill, <laughs> it's just skill of the actors is just so rampant throughout this thing. Mm you know, uh, that, that, that I, I, I have, I have trouble hooking it, but I have no qualm with anything you're saying as far as like the, the, the creativity of this movie and the, the, the broad strokes of it. And the fact that it, it is this guy with his claw hand, and his striped shirt invading your dreams. That is a scary fucking conceit. No question, no doubt about it. Am I scared by this movie? Not at all because I can't, <laughs> I can't get past the fact that they're not scared because they're playing at being scared rather than, you know, being good enough actors to be able to commit to it. So mm-hmm. I just want better actors. I guess we get them by the time we get to Nightmare on Elm Street 3 when we have Patricia Arquette, who is awesome, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You want better actors, Dan? Go ahead. Like uh, Super Mario Brothers? Oh. Baby's oh. Day Out? Okay. Listen. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do this. Oh, oh, we're gonna do this. You listen to me right now. You listen to me right now. Jacob Joseph is listening to this podcast with his with his bandaged up knee, and you know Adam's listening. If you're saying that they're the bad actors of that movie, you know I take no, issue. They're fine. No, it's everybody they had who great talks. Scenes with, oh, okay, good. They had, they had a great connection with Joe Montana's nutsack. <laughs> Really, well, who they connected doesn't? very well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Come on, Tina in a body bag being oh, dragged yeah. across oh. the high school hall. Listen, oh, that's all great. Image. You know who's God, great is the on. girl who who sees her in the school mm-hmm. when she's like trying to go, when she's the, like- The hall monitor girl? Yes, the hall monitor girl. She's oh, terrific. Yeah. She's the best thing in it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, she's trying to be Freddy Krueger now. She, she's being Freddy. She's terrific in I love her. And I love the mom getting pulled through the window. Those are my two favorite parts. I mean, I guess I also- I mean, it is a low. It's got like that low budget. Yes, it absolutely does. To it. yeah. oh, it's and a you, B movie all the way, Fred. Yeah, I mean, it, and you know B. what? I what I didn't realize. I mean, this was this was New Line Cinemas. This was their first movie. Their real really money maker. This made wow. New Line Cinema. I remember yeah. seeing whenever you would see that logo, mm-hmm. their little you know their corporate logo. Yeah. You'd go, okay, we're about to see something fucked up. Yeah, this was. This was this like was the their bro- signature thing. Because I feel, I feel like I read somewhere that they couldn't get it sold, and New Line was like, "All right, we'll take it." They call New it's Line ch- Cinemas the house that Freddie built. That's what that. That's ah, right. Yes, I've heard that. Very good, very good. No, I have. Uh, it is an incredibly creative movie. I have the same. You know, I, I kind of have the same problem with like the Hellraiser movies. I'm like, this is an, an unbelievably creative idea. I wish anyone was good in this. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen those. I wish anyone was Hellraiser's fucked up, and Clive Barker's messed up in the brain. And you go, <laughs> "What the fuck? What the fuck am I looking at?" You know, and it's and it's incredibly gory and creative. And Pinhead's not that big of a thing in the first Hellraiser mm. movie. He's kind of <laughs> in and out of it. But the idea of what it is is incredibly, you know, scary. But like with this movie, it's like I can't get past the the B C D level acting. I just can't get past it. I'm sorry. I'm a snob in that way. Yeah, no, you're right. And and rewatching it again, I was thinking of that, and only because you had said it, but I did, it really did jump out at me more. And like I said, it didn't help that the dialogue between the kids was pretty ridiculous yeah. as well. Yeah, but I still it it, you know, it it holds a very 
special place in my yeah. heart. And I still, I, I enjoyed it. I still think it holds yeah, up. I the sound too. of the knives going against the the pipe, the, the metal. Oh my gosh. It just, and that's such a, I mean, that's those, literally like, right. Fingernails on a, a, a blackboard. Like that's like one of the, those yeah. all time, like oh, those things that oh. send a chill up your spine. And it's, you've got that throughout no the movie. It's I, yeah, I think it's, this is the type of acting I expect from all movies of this genre. And, and I, and I think you. that, and you. I think that everything else about the, the creativity of everything we've been saying, the character, the conceit, it's all um, a, a huge step up from the standard fare to me. So the fact that it's the same level of kind of acting and performance and that doesn't bother me so much because I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, that's what I figured I was paying for. How many bloody body bag Sheila's? Oh, now, wait a minute. What did I give? Oh, God, you devil. You gave it <laughs> 5.5 or 5? I gave it 5.5. I think so. I will yeah. I will go the same. I will go 5.5 on this. How do you like that? See, that means I'm tipping over into the positive column based on what you guys oh, say. That's very nice. And your enjoyment of it. I'm thinking like a seven and a half. Oh, I thought you'd be yeah. higher, Fred. Yeah, I mean, I it, it, it is higher. high. Like, like I said, I it's in my estimation, it's it's higher probably. Like I said, I, it's it, let it, me bring you down. You can love something and yet say, as a movie, I will rate it this. You know, yeah, that's I, exactly I, I what it is. You. Okay, all right. I, I think seven for me. I'm going. I'm going to go seven. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to go up to eight. I'm going up to eight. Um, my love for it's bringing up. Good for bringing you. Bringing it up. Good for yeah. you. Do I hear 8.5, 9, 9.5, <laughs> 10, 10.5. I'm keeping it at 8. Okay. If there was a docking song in it, I'd go a little higher. But you have to wait two more movies for that. So All you get is a Will, is Will Smith song. And even if it's hot out, where's the better at? It was a Saturday <laughs> evening, if I remember it right. We had just gotten back off tour last night. So the gang and I thought that it would be groovy if we summed up the posse and done rushed the movie. Next week. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what, you didn't want me to go into the entire thing? I mean, not, not like. The nightmare's got to end at some point. We got point. that right. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you everybody for listening next week next week we are coming back with uh, uh an episode that uh looks back to november 14th 2003 so we're back in the aughts again uh and the movies that weekend were master and commander the far side of the world oh i've never seen oh, it you're, you're, i think you're in for a, you're treat. In for a treat i think you're in I for a treat i can't wait uh, not to yeah. tip our hands, but uh, yeah, uh, mm. Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany in that film. Um, Love Actually, which has become a kind of holiday classic um, and a romantic comedy. Never classic. seen it. You've never good. seen Love Actually? Oh, no, I know. Now you're in for a treat, motherfucker, although you may not okay. like it. All right. Um, <laughs> because you're so cynical <laughs> about it. Wow, I'm I'm so excited that you that each of you has not seen one of those movies, and mm -hmm. and a movie that none of us has seen, I'm sure. Looney Tunes back in action. Speaking of Joe Dante, Joe Dante directed this for Warner Brothers as a way wow. to. Are uh, you kidding? Uh, me? I'm not kidding you. It's uh, starring Brendan Fraser and uh, I believe Jenna Elfman. Oh right, yes, I yeah. remember that. I never I never yeah. saw it, but you know, but so much the Looney Tunes aesthetic kind of crept in a lot into. 
Dante, certainly the Gremlins movies, especially Gremlins 2, and even, Mm. I think, even maybe into Inner Space and some of his other stuff. He's got a very Looney Tune sensibility, and Warner Brothers saw that, and they were like, you're in our stable of directors why don't you try totally. to rejuvenate twilight this? zone yes movie. oh absolutely yes. absolutely yeah totally Looney Tunes so there. so it should be you know it was not a huge hit none of these are geppetto <laughs> joints but some of them may be really solid movies uh dan what do you uh what do you have for us uh i was just gonna do a little bit of this okay Here's the situation. No. My parents went away on a week's vacation no, and I had the keys to the brand new Porsche. Oh, wait, that's parents just no. don't understand. That's no. not even the right of song. Of course not. What if I do a little, what if we start off with a little of this? With a little, okay, you've just fallen asleep. Oh, no. You just fell asleep and you were worried about whether, what's his name? Freddy Krueger is going to come <laughs> get, get you. What's his name? Egypt the loot. <laughs> That's good, right? <laughs> that was it. That's all he does. Dun 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 bang bang. Is there more? There's more. But okay, I got you. That's the main. You got the gist of it. Yeah, you got a couple measures. <laughs> one measure counts as four uh, notes measure. counts as one Wait, measure. What, now what one, else? You, one what measure. else? You, I can tell you're uh, like itching to give us a little something else. No, well, I was thinking about a little uh since the the song comes up a couple of times in uh Guys and Dolls, not in Guys oh. and Dolls, in oh, uh, yeah. Oh Devil from Guys and yeah. Dolls, the horse yeah. right here. Mm-hmm. Right? So we'll do a little of that. <laughs> I got down low on that one. That was really good. Did that we was say like why that comes up in the movie? trombones there. Oh, see, that's, that's good. The, yeah. Did we say um, why it comes up in the movie? It's the song that confuse uh, people? Ted Wass's father sings to him at the beginning of the movie as he also says, I think you're dying, son. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God, what do I do with this body <laughs> once he expires? Do I call a coroner? Do I dig a hole? What do I do for my son? Oh, you're still awake. Have you seen Guys and Dolls? Well, you won't at this point. I don't think you'll ever get to a theater. And I don't, there's no no VHS tapes yet for me to show you the Marlon Brando movie. But why don't I just hand fart it for you? <laughs> oh my God. Now go to sleep and hopefully that child molester who got burned to death won't kill you in your George sleep. Burns was not a child molester. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm following. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.